Hello and welcome to the Poke TCG cast. Alex here this week, and I just want to start off by saying that there is no crazy baking story this week, given that I was in Madison for the regional tournament held there, and I was there along with about a thousand other people, particularly about 700 masters or so in the masters division. Now, before I get started on my personal experience and my take of the tournament, I want to say that this was the last regional for North America before we get to tournaments like the North American International Championships held in Columbus, Ohio, and Worlds held in Nashville, Tennessee. And in between those times, there isn't a whole lot going on competitively, where there's only going to be a few League Cups held wherever you are, or leaked challenges. And so with the lull in the competitive scene, I'll have some time to do some other content, such as forecasting what Worlds decks will look like, get started on some theory crafting, and see what kinds of things Celestial Storm will bring to us in August, as well as some deck ideas for post-rotation format. Of course, there might be some other topics related to the game thrown in there, but I feel like most of my time will be spent doing some more theory crafting as I really like doing that kind of stuff and seeing what you can do with cards and how good certain cards are. Now, back to my personal experience at Madison, I have to say it was definitely a really great time. I got to meet a fair number of pretty great people. It was beautiful there, the venue. I got to stay at a hotel not too far away, definitely within a five-minute walking distance. That was amazing. And honestly, it was probably my first time in Madison for the past eight years, and it was definitely an enjoyable experience just being around the city as well as the tournament. The tournament, I did a lot better than Collinsville, given that I actually did finish the tournament all nine rounds as opposed to leaving after seven rounds as I actually had enough energy, I was able to take care of myself a lot better and focus in on my matches a lot better on top of having really great opponents to play against. I don't think that I had a quote-unquote bad opponent the entire day, which was really great. As for my performance record, yes, it was better than what I did at Collinsville, but I still only went 3-4-2 with 11 points, which, trying to figure out the math, put me roughly at about 330 out of the 730 masters that attended, which means that I did make it into the top 50%, but not much more. Primarily, my goal was to have a good time and finish all of my rounds, and not only did I finish strong, give I mean, unless you don't count misplays as finishing strong, I did make a number of misplays in my final round and a couple of rounds throughout the day but I really did not face a bad opponent all day and made some friends. That, and I was also quite surprised that my first round opponent was Andrew Wamble of the Charizard Lounge, and we played at table 81, playing a mirror match, which was honestly a lot of fun. We did tie that round, but we did get to talk a little bit before the round started, a little bit after the round end. He does tell me that next season, he has some great things lined up for his site, so I'd recommend checking out his site around September when the new season rolls around. I've honestly used his site to find good information on when regionals are held, 
but I'm definitely looking forward to some more article writing that he and other people that he's going to have join on helping him write. Now, as for my matchups throughout the day, I kind of expected to see a mix of Buzzwell Lycanroc decks, some Zoroark Lycanroc decks, and Ultra Necrozma Malamar decks throughout the day, and the variants that go around with them. And quite honestly, that's pretty much how the tournament turned out. So looking at the matches that I had during the day, my first round match was against Necrozma Malamar. Second round was Buzzwill Lycanroc. Third round was Lycanroc Zoroark. Fourth round was Zoroark Garbodor. Fifth round was Ultra Necrozma Malamar. Sixth round was Buzzwill Lycanroc. Seventh round was Greninja Break. Eighth round, my opponent dropped from the tournament as the round had started. And ninth round was against Xerneas Break. So, for the most part, the decks that I saw throughout the day were decks that I was expecting. With the exception of Greninja Break and Xerneas Break. Greninja Break, I was not expecting at all. And actually saw a fair amount of play throughout the day. And quite a bit of success as well. And I'll get to that in just a little bit. Xerneas Break was a deck that I was not expecting at all, and actually performed fairly well against my Necrozma Malamar deck. It does surprisingly well as it functions similar to Raichu decks, being able to search out energy to attach to your Pokemon, and then dealing a lot of damage depending on how much energy attached to all of your Pokemon. And one of the benefits that Xerneas Break has to Raichu is 1. It doesn't have a weakness to fighting type, meaning that Buzzwool doesn't just steamroll that deck in the same fashion that it would do to Raichu. Now granted, Buzzwool is pretty quick, and so it does still kind of steamroll the deck. But two, Xerneas Break is only gives your opponent one prize for being knocked out, meaning that you can draw out games a little bit longer and take more time to be able to set up your field as long as your opponent does not knock out a large number of your Xerneas throughout the game very quickly. And lastly, being able to use experience share in the deck does not necessarily get countered all too often, given that a lot of the Buzzwool decks that are running around don't really use Field Blower at all. So that was definitely a fun deck to play against and realize that it is it is pretty strong, but there's a big reason why it wasn't one of the tier one decks forecasted for this tournament. Now, as for my take on the overall tournament, especially the day two results, going in, I was expecting the three major decks that would play out during the day would be Necrozma Malamar, Buzzwell Lycanroc, and Zoroark Lycanroc. And the big thing was I was expecting these decks to have similar success, but what I did not expect was there was a third Buzzwell variant aside from traditional Buzzwell Lycanroc and Turbo Buzzwell that did pop up during the tournament, and that was a Buzzwell Lycanroc variant that focuses on Baby Buzzwell or Buzzwell Forbidden Light. And it was this variant of the deck that really shifted the number of successful decks towards Buzzwell Lycanroc performing well in Day 2. And so into Day 2, we saw two Ultra Necrozma decks, three Necrozma decks, two traditional Buzzwell Lycanroc, two Buzzwell Garbodor, 
8 Zoroark Lycanroc, 1 Zoroark Garbodor, 3 Greninja Break, 2 Turbo Lapras. And the other 12 decks were Baby Buzzwool decks. So, aside from the Buzzwool decks, it was also a shocker to see 3 Greninja Break place day 2, as traditionally, only one Greninja deck is usually able to make day 2 or scrape by in the hands of a very capable player. But I think one of the main advantages that Greninja Break had in this tournament was not necessarily... Not necessarily the Buzzwool Lycanroc matchup. That seems to be probably its worst matchup out of the decks. But pretty much having an auto win against Necrozma or Ultra Necrozma if they aren't carrying Giratina Break. And having a very good matchup versus Zoroark decks in general. Just given the ability for it to use Shadow Stitching and Shut Off abilities while doing a fair amount of other damage using Greninja breaks giant water shuriken. So, given that the forecast for this tournament was those big three decks and kind of expecting all three of them to do fairly evenly well, means that Greninja break throughout the tournament had close to, you know, 66% good matchups across the board. So, looking back at that, I can kind of see why Greninja break did so well. Now, there's also a couple of people that might argue that once Greninja Break gets set up, then it does well against Buzzwill. But that's usually the big caveat, that most people aren't able to set up quickly enough against Buzzwill to really swing that match back in their favor. Now, the rest of the decks are pretty typical construction. Ultra Necrozma, Necrozma, Buzzwill Lycanroc, Buzzwill Garbodor, Zoroark Lycanroc, Zoroark Garbodor, and Turbo Lapras are pretty typical constructions. There wasn't really anything special with that, and just well-tested and well-practiced lists. As for the baby Buzzwool lists, though, they look close to traditional Buzzwool Lycanroc lists. Um, the big difference, though, is the fact that as opposed to playing three Buzzwool GXs, they typically only play about two Buzzwool GXs, and they will play about three Buzzwool from Forbidden Light, and they'll have a couple different consistency cards. They'll typically include 3 B-String, they'll include 10 Fighting Energy, 4 Strong Energy, and they'll cut down Lycanroc Rockruff to a 1-1 line, and cut down Octillery Remoray to a 1-1 line, and for the most part have just a fairly consistent list otherwise. And so, one of the big differences though is really in the subtle differences of the counts. For one, because you're only playing two Buzzwool GX, it is not a mainstay of the deck. One of the goals of the deck is to start with Buzzwool GX and only use one of them throughout the game. So then that way, once your opponent takes their first knockout on Buzzwool GX, the next goal is to have your field set up with a bunch of baby Buzzwool. So then you can use Beast Ring to power them up within the range of three to four prizes. So then at four prizes, you can use their first attack to do 30 plus 90 damage. So 120 damage with Sledgehammer. But once your opponent takes one prize from there or two prizes, depending on what's on your bench and what they target out, essentially use the swing around for the rest of the game or even a little bit in the beginning of the game using your max elixirs to try to charge up baby Buzzwool early as even though hitting 120 damage for a single area energy is 
really good, having an easy setup of 3 energy to consistently hit at least 80 damage is also pretty good, given that the deck runs Diancy, they do run a copy of Retrorock EX, they have Beast Energy, and Strawn Energy, and in fact, all of these damage modifiers are pretty possible to get out onto the field as the winner of the tournament, Igor Costa, in the final round, was able to swing at his opponent's Lycanroc for 210 damage without any coin filliping involved. So, running through what he actually had attached to that Buzzwolf, he had two strong energies, he had a Beast Energy, a Choice Band, a Deonsi, and a Regirock EX. All of those things which allowed him to swing for gain without any coin flipping involved. Now, with a little bit of luck involved, that potentially could hit up to 250 damage, although I don't see how often you'd be able to consistently do that, as it is quite a bit of setup requiring three turns of setup onto a single buzzwool and requiring a 1 in 4 chance to hit two heads with coin flips, as well as not having any of your one of prized, mainly being Regirock EX, Deonsi, and Beast Energy. So, all in all, it's a pretty difficult setup, but it is possible, and it happened in the finals. So, I got a chance to test out the deck a little bit too, and there's definitely a couple of decks that are popping up trying to exclusively counter the deck, and kinds, those kinds of matchups you can't necessarily avoid on Pokemon Online, just because of, you know, how matchmaking works. You're matched up against a random deck, and if somebody decides to bring a hard counter, no, kind of your own loss. But aside from that, though, the couple of hard counter sort of rogue decks floating around, this deck variant is very strong, as honestly, it's not too hard to set up baby buzzwolves being able to hit any of your B strings to charge them up, hitting any of your max elixirs to charge them up. And so most of the game, you're playing with one prize attackers, with the exception of your setup, which happens to be a GX attacker. So it's definitely really interesting. I do have to learn some more of the intricacies of the deck, of when it's good to expend resources, whether it's good to attach certain stuff, or if I should be digging for cards to conserve resources. But overall, the deck is really good, and it is kind of a joy to play, and a little bit more bu budget just because it only includes two Buzzwool GXs. Now, the makeup of this day two does have a couple of implications though that I definitely want to delve into. For the first part, this Buzzwool, new Buzzwool variant is really strong and before Buzzwool Lycanroc shared a pretty similar success to Lycanroc Zoroark and Necrozma Malamar. But the big thing is now with this new variant that focuses on one prize attackers, its success rate is significantly higher than other Buzzwell Lycanroc. And so this very definitely is the best deck in format that we have at the moment. Even if it's not 100% consistent, most decks aren't 100% consistent. But it's just consistent enough and strong enough and impactful enough that... This is definitely going to have a significant impact on how the metagame shapes up. And so, even though it's a very definitively strong deck, it does mean that there's going to be a fair number of people that choose to bring tech decks 
to target Baby Buzzwool. But overall, until people learn about this variant, there's still probably going to be a fair share of Malamar or Zoroark decks that are running around, and possibly even a fair amount of Garbodor as well. And so until people kind of solidify around Baby Buzzwool in the format, I think we still are going to have a fair amount of deck diversity, meaning that direct counters to Buzzwool Lycanroc might not necessarily fare well against the rest of the medic game, just leaving Baby Buzzwool as a very strong deck at the moment. Until tech decks, though, come out and people figure out variants that work against the majority of the metagame as well, I think we are still going to have a very Buzzwool-centric format. And this has been the case for a number of months now, and I assure you that there's probably going to be a number of people that are tired of the deck. But quite honestly, up until the point that Worlds comes around, I am positive that we are going to see a large portion of Buzzwool Lycanroc kind of dominate our metagame just until rotation though because after rotation Buzzwool does lose a lot of the tools that make it a somewhat oppressive aggressive deck as strong energy is from Fates Collide Regirock EX is also from Fates Collide meaning the two big cards that do boost Buzzwill are going to be Deancey and Beast Energy both being Prism Star cards, meaning that you'll only ever have one of them on the field at the time. And so all you need to do to really shut down Buzzle at that point is have something that can target down Deancey, and just holding a single enhanced hammer for the game to target that beast energy, and send them both to the Lost Zone, leaving them to kind of hit measly numbers for the rest of the game. Now, it might not be completely dead though, given that we still do have those damage boosting cards as well as Beast Ring to power them up at three to four prizes. And three and four prizes being the requirement to use Beast Ring does mean that they will have an opportunity at any point in the game to be able to use that. And quite honestly, if they don't have an opportunity to use that, that means that they have shut you out. It means that you have not taken more than one or two prizes. At which case, you don't really need B-String because all of your necessary energy is on board and currently doing its job. Now, because Buzzle only does have a few of those cards left for it as a deck, it does have the opportunity to get those cards kind of hated out. And so it won't be as strong as it currently is, meaning that there will be some room for other decks to come into the format as well, which will be nice. But I can definitely envision a number of Ultra Beast decks coming out besides Buzzwool that will fare very well, especially decks like Beast Box, as even though Buzzwool will be very strong, it will definitely allow people to judge the strength of other decks and consider them. So post-rotation, I can definitely see Buzzrock still existing. It is a little bit hard to judge to see how powerful it will be post-rotation if it's still going to be a tier 1 deck contender. I figure that it'll be probably closer to a tier 2 deck, given that decks like Necrozma Malamar won't lose really any tools and Zoroark might fit into decks that are a little bit more aggressive given that they won't have Puzzle of Time 
to really grab back resources. Thanks for joining in this week to listen to my take on the Madison Regionals as well as my experience there. It really was a nice experience and I hope that Madison next year is even close to what happened this year. It was really an amazing event. If it is anywhere close, I do recommend you guys coming out to Madison. It's definitely a really great tournament and a lot of friendly people and a really beautiful place. So thanks for listening to the Pokey TCG cast again, and I hope to hear from you next week.